Welcome to the Star Singer Podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Van Boxtel, and I specialize in the art and science of vocal performance, helping singers just like you to give amazing performances so that you can feel comfortable, confident, and in total control of your voice every time that you walk on and off stage. This podcast is here to help you on your journey to becoming a star singer. So let's push play on this episode. Hello, today, Angela, Maestro Giacomo, and I are talking about how to grow your audience on a tiny budget. Now, this is talking about growing your fan base, uh, growing the people and developing the connections with the people who are going to actually buy your music. But the thing is, before you start to actually do this, you need music and you need music that is good and you need to feel confident and comfortable in your craft and figure out how you stand out from the crowd. You need to have some performance experience under your belt. Like I'm pretty adamant about this. Like if you're moving forward and trying to market yourself, but you don't feel confident, your marketing strategy is not going to be successful. You need to be a master of your craft. So I'm going to show you how to give amazing singing performances that not only you're proud of every time you walk on and off the stage, but that get you that cash flow, you know, that book you more gigs so you can have that money to, you know, do your like record albums and do other projects that you're interested in. You can have money that gives you that time freedom just to create more music. So I'm going to show you how you can become a master of your craft and that mastery is going to be able to do everything for you. So if you are at that point, you need to go to starsinger.co slash masterclass and sign up for that masterclass to make sure you're feeling comfortable and confident about your singing performances before you develop a PR strategy. Once you're ready, you can you can like unpush pause or whatever, you know, you've done or come back to this episode. But once you're ready, Angela and I are going to talk today about the difference between public relations, PR versus marketing. To tell you the truth, I didn't know. And so I think that's super important. You're going to get a lot out of that. Steps you should take before you get started with your PR strategy, kind of like we just talked about. The best strategies for free PR for your music. Free PR. Woo! We all want that. What do I talk about on social media? You know, if you're trying to talk about your music, we also had a recent episode with Megan Kuhar about how to talk about your music without feeling like a phony. It kind of goes back to that. But this strategy is more about like what should you specifically talk about, you know, when it comes to social media so you have a plan. When to bring on a publicist, what a PR campaign actually looks like, and what it might look like when you get started with your own PR campaign. So I'm excited to get into this. Let's just push play on this episode. I'm here with Angela, and we are going to be talking all about how to get your music out there, promotion for artists, and I'm super excited. Could you just tell us a little bit about what yourself about yourself and um, how you help singers and musicians. 
Yes, absolutely. I'm going to apologize in advance because I feel like I have so many, there's so many things I'm excited about that I'm working in a lot of different directions right now. So just sort of bear with me. Um, I think the most important thing to know about me, there's two things. The first is that I am one of those people that is obsessed with their dog. So I mean, hopefully you won't hear him on this interview. Sometimes he likes to say hi, but my dog Sawyer is like everything. If you ever want to talk dogs with me, please do, because I love that stuff. And the second is I have a wicked sweet tooth. So please send me all of your dessert recipes. Um, <laughs> we will be it's best friends. true. I look <laughs> at your Instagram every day and I'm like, I want to eat that food. <laughs> it's so good. It's the whole point of living. Like, it's just food. Like, if, if you, you don't have food to look forward to, right? So I'm already thinking about the ice cream I'm going to eat later because it's like so hot out and I feel like it's a good excuse. But um, as far as how I actually help artists, I own Muddy Paw PR, where we work with artists on PR campaigns, so around their new and upcoming releases. And we also do a bunch of a la carte services, so like bio writing or you know consultations if artists wanna run their own campaigns, if maybe they don't have the budget to hire a publicist. And we also do this thing called the Artist Accelerator, which is one of my favorites because we get to work with the artists in this one-on-one -on -one environment to increase their social media engagement and you know, work with them on their goals to just help them find more targeted opportunities and, you know, lead from everything to higher streams to more sales. And I also recently co-founded a membership community called Music Launch Co., which is for musicians and industry professionals. And we host weekly discussions and masterminds and workshops in there. It's a, it's a really amazing community. And then finally, I'm a speaker and online educator in the music industry with a focus on relationship and community building. So I know that was sort of a mouthful, but I think the basics are if you're an emerging artist and you need help with anything from PR to like dessert recommendations, I'm your girl. That's awesome. So can we start out with uh, what is PR look like for a singer? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect question because I think a lot of times people just don't know what it is. And to be honest, I didn't even know what it was before I started this company and I took a PR course in college and I still didn't know what it was. Um, and the big difference is that it's not marketing. So I think people tend to think PR is something that leads to sales, right? That you hire a publicist and you like get more sales. And in a very indirect long-term way, that is true. But marketing is the numbers game. Marketing is what you do when you want to see an increase in sales or um, like a very instant increase in your ads. Like all of that is marketing. What PR is about is building and crafting your story and telling that story to the world. And so when an artist comes to us for a PR campaign, what we're doing is we're working with them to promote their new release through that story. So this is why it's so important. You know, your listeners have probably heard people talk about the importance of having a brand, having a strong identity. And that's because when it comes to releasing new music and getting it out there, whether it's to a blog or a Spotify playlist, it's very important that you have a story to tell that can connect with the writer, but also connect with potential fans. And so that's what PR is all about. Awesome. Thank you. So PR is a little bit more long-term and marketing is a little more short-term. That's an interesting way to think about it. I like, I like the distinction. I know it's um, very black and white. And I mean, they both have like, you know, they both work a little with each other. So of course there's short-term results in PR um, and long-term results in marketing. But 
but it's definitely a long game. Like if you like so much in this industry, right? Like it's not immediate results. It's about doing it and doing it consistently. So PR is not just, we have an album out, we're going to do this for three months and then we're going to do nothing for six months. Like you have to keep going even between releases. And I, I'll stop there because I feel like I could just ramble on and on about this, but the consistency is very, very important. And that even between releases, you're finding something to talk to your fans about. And again, that's, that's really where the branding comes in. That's actually really good to know the consistency because it really is the same. And if you're a singer, you know that, well, I hope that you know <laughs> that you're going to have to practice your skill regularly. And if you're not getting the results, it's because you're not practicing your skills. It's not because you're not good enough or you're not worthy or you're not talented enough or you don't have enough experience. It's about you need to practice your skills consistently. So if you can do that, it sounds like we might be able to navigate this world of PR. So what are some things that we could do for ourselves to start to kind of promote our music if we don't have really any money to dedicate to this cause? Yes. There's, okay, so there's so many avenues. I mean, I'm going to start with the most basic one, which is if you're running your own PR campaign, before you even start the campaign, there are a couple things that you need to line up. So obviously, first, you need to have your EPK together. So that means having a professionally written bio, um, having your high-res press photos. By the way, like all of these things should actually be professional. This is not your friend taking pictures on an iPhone unless you're a very, very new, like if you're a brand new band, that's, you know, you can get away with that for a little bit. Um, but you really need to have professional quality photos, professionally written bio. And then of course, like your mastered tracks or your video, whatever it is you're promoting. So you need to have all that in order. And then what you want to focus on, there are two things. Again, this is like months before you're even looking to do any kind of press outreach is number one, you want to work on building your relationships within the industry. So there are a couple ways that I always recommend doing this. In-person events are great. I'm actually a huge introvert. I hate being around people most of the time. I love people, but I, like, I hate being around them. They drain me. Um, however, there is nothing better for building your career than in-person events. So and my career got started when I started going to this meetup called Balanced Breakfast, which happens in I think it's like 32 cities across the world now. So look into that. Um, it's in like LA, Nashville, San Francisco, everywhere. Um, but also just see if there is a meetup where you are because that's gonna be your best bet for meeting people and building those connections. But of course you can also just go to open mic shows, like go to the same, you know, if there's an emo night, go to that every week. Like you'll see the same people at these events over and over. So definitely do that in person. And then for online, you know, there are a bunch of different ways you can really grow your following through Instagram um, and Facebook groups. Those are two of my favorite ways. And that, that's for both fans and industry. So you want to build those relationships um, specifically as well with press, because when you go to reach out to press down the line, it's really going to help you if you already have an existing relationship and you're not just sending a cold email. And the other thing you want to do is build up your social media engagement because when you do start reaching out to anyone from like press to venues to festivals, they're going to look at your social media and it doesn't necessarily matter if you have, you know, thousands and thousands of followers so much as it matters that the followers you do have are engaged. So really work on building up that social media presence. Then when you've done all of that and you're ready to start your press campaign, then that's when you start, you know, putting together your pitch and, um, and sending out those emails, uh, which 
like I'm happy to elaborate on, but I, again, like for, for fear of rambling, I don't want to just keep going and going, but those are, those are the basics of how you would start to run your campaign, but just really pay attention to those first two bits of building those relationships and building up your social media because they really lay the foundation for everything that follows. That's awesome. So when it comes to the professionality of really like making that decision of deciding to go forward with this, you said something about, you know, if you're just starting out, you can like get away with that for a while, but then like, where is the line? Is that like mostly a mindset thing or will we like receive certain signs? Like when these things start to happen, that's when I should, you know, cause Photography isn't, exp- isn't, you know, cheap and getting the people to help you isn't cheap. And I know that if we go into the mindset of like, oh, this seems like a lot, it can be overwhelming. So where is the line between I can get away with this for a while and then I'm going to have to make this more professional? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I wish I had a very specific answer to give you, but I mean, the reality is like, I don't really think you can get away with it for very long. I mean, when I say in the beginning, I mean really in the beginning. I mean, like if you were just starting a band and you have played two shows and you don't have anything out yet, like, and you're just trying to get your social media set up, you know, it's fine to just, you know, have somebody with hopefully at least a newer like iPhone and not one of the really old ones, um, take some photos so you can get something up. But the second you're starting to build an actual career. So you know, certainly well before you're releasing your first album or EP, well before you're looking to like play real gigs outside of those, um, you know, first couple, like you really do need to get all of that stuff in line. And it's true. Like I'm really lucky that my partner is a really good photographer. So he just takes all of my photos. Um, And even beyond that, I have some friends that are. So I would say actually reach out and this goes for everything, but certainly photography, reach out to your network. Um, certainly I think you probably have somebody who's good with a camera. Like most people now, I mean, not me, I'm terrible with a camera, but most people are very good. Um, they know at least one or two people that's at least a decent photographer or a decent writer that can do their bio. And so whether maybe you're doing a trade with them, you know, maybe you're really good at graphic design. You're like, listen, I can design your poster for this. If you take pictures of me for this, or maybe, you know, you just say, look, I just really need, can you just maybe take like you know, half hour, 40 minutes, I'll pay you like 25 bucks or 50 bucks and just take some photos. And it doesn't have to be something super extravagant, even just getting like three really good photos that you can use while you build up your career, you know, for the next year or something like that'll, that'll make a really big difference in the way that people perceive you and, um, and how seriously they're taking you. Yeah. I think there might be a fear up front that like, I'm not good enough or this might not work. And therefore I don't want to invest the time, money or energy into that. So how, I mean, it's different for everybody, but how long is this maybe going to start to take before we, you know, start to see fruit? I mean, if I plant spinach, I know it's going to take at least like 30 days before I can eat it. And I'm cool with that. (laughs) But like, (laughs) I know it's kind of a loaded question, but I do think there is some patience involved and you do have some experience with this. So it might be nice to get a couple of examples from maybe people that you've worked with or that kind of thing, how these things come to fruition. Yeah, I 
oh my God, I wish the music industry was like that. I wish you could just put a time limit on it and exactly know like this is what to expect. Um, it is, it's tough. Like it really does depend on who you are. You know, there's so many variables, including like the, the kind, like your music, right? Like I, is your music actually good? Is it actually quality music? Like you'll know pretty quickly based off of if it's resonating with people or not. But if it's not, that doesn't mean that the music's not good. It might mean that your, your brand is just off. So, I mean, I guess the couple things I would say is first of all, again, it's a long game. So like 30 days even, I mean, unless you're doing some sort of really intense strategy, you know, you'll, you should see some results. Um, for instance, if you're doing something where you're like, in, you know, intentionally growing your social media following and you're spending an hour a day on Instagram where you're going and commenting on potential fans' photos and like really putting in the effort to do that, and you say you do that an hour a day and you're doing it the right way, you should see like five, 10, 15 followers grow every week. So like you can measure it by that, for instance. And likewise, if you're putting in the effort and you are growing your social media and you have the professional photos and you have a good bio and you've perfected your pitch, like you should steadily see some growth. Like there should be those signs that you're moving in the right direction. But that being said, it's certainly not an avalanche. It's not like a windfall of success is just going to come to you just because you spent the last six months um, working really hard. But again, it's like we talked about before, it's that consistency. And I think if you are, if you are being very consistent and doing things you know, by the book, like you've talked to the experts, you read their articles, you've listened to the podcasts, and you're doing those things and you're not seeing results, I think it's, you've got to really step back and go, okay, like, what is it? You know, like, is my, is my music like quality enough, you know, or am I still trying to scrape by on like demo quality recordings? Like maybe that's the issue or, you know, more likely than not, this is what I see most of the time. It's that the brand is unclear. It's that you have like, if you're posting about politics one day and dessert the next day. And like, I mean, basically like, this is kind of what I do on like my private Facebook. Like I'm all over the place. It's, it's like, it's all of me. But if you're putting out on your public page, like your, your artist Instagram or your artist Facebook, like it has to be consistent. You have to choose like two or three topics that kind of all tie in together. So for me, it's usually like PR relationship building community and overwhelm. So that's like four things. Those are my four big things that I talk about on rotation. Um, so find like, I would say three to five things that fit together that you're actually really passionate about. And that's your brand and everything you post should be about that. So if you go to post something, ask yourself, like, does it tie into this narrative? And if the answer is no, then you don't post it. And I, I think that getting the, the brand right and coupling it with that consistency of posting, you know, every day or at least four times a week, like that's probably the biggest thing you can do. If you're not seeing results that you want, try, try getting clear on that and doing that. And you should see some movement. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know that I've been doing that for like the Star Singer Green Room and that's been going really well. But I feel like I'm repeating myself all the time. So you might feel like you're repeating yourself, right? <laughs> and yeah. that might be a I mean, that might be a fear like, "Oh my gosh, I can't come up with anything new." <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think like I think most of us are so especially in this industry and especially as creative people, I think we're very self-aware most of the time. And so we're very afraid of turning people off. And because we know everything we post <laughs> and like everything that's going on on all our channels, we feel like we are boring people or that we're saying the same thing over and over. But the, the important things to remember are like, first of all, 
most people aren't even seeing our posts. I mean, sure, there are definitely a handful of people that are, but for the most part, people are not seeing every single post we put out there. And second of all, again, if you think about the artists that you really connect to, not like, not like just like their music, but you connect to them, they're telling you the same message over and over and over again. They're just doing it in different ways with different images and different words. So if that makes you feel any better, just remember that the artists you love that it's working for, like that's what they're doing. And as long as you're not literally copy and pasting the same message or just phoning it in, I think that's important. The other thing um, that I would suggest is sitting down and scheduling out your content. So uh, like for Twitter, of course, there's Hootsuite. For Instagram, I use something called Planoly. And you could just sit down every week and plan that content out. So you're not sitting there every day like, what do I post, you know? Um, you just do it all. And then, you know, if you have a business account, it automatically posts, or if you don't, it just sends you a push notification. It takes you two seconds. And I think that really helps with feeling like you constantly have to have something to come up with. Um, but again, just like be genuine. You know, when I find myself getting stuck on social media, you know, I did it like I do it almost every day because I'm overthinking it. And I'm sure you're overthinking it too, right? We're like, I just want to say the right thing. And I don't want to seem like I'm not genuine. And I think if you remember to just talk like a person just talk like you would to your friend just say the thing that you actually want to say instead of the thing that you think people want to hear you, like all of a sudden the words just flow and it's easier and those posts will always get more engagement like every time because they're just authentic and people can feel it and I know that sounds kind of pokey but like I promise it's true and if you if you try it you'll really notice the difference awesome so once we get comfortable with that how do we go about to reach out to try to get some bigger press or media opportunities so, I mean, the first thing I would say is not to be going after bigger press opportunities right away. So sometimes we'll have bands come to us for PR and they're like, well, how do I get on alternative press? Or like, how do I get Pitchfork's attention? And I have to say, well, you don't. Like, they don't care right now. And that's okay. So, you know, assuming you are an emerging artist, like what you're, you know, you're still getting your footing, you're still building. Maybe this is even your first time doing any kind of press. You want to start with smaller outlets. You want to start with small blogs, um, maybe small uh, podcasts, uh, playlists, things like that. You don't want to immediately just go for these huge blogs or these Spotify official playlists because number one, they're not interested anyway. You're not there yet. Um, and number two, there's a lot of value in really growing together. So by partnering with the writer that is just growing their blog, like not only are you getting in front of an audience that's willing to receive you because like, by the way, small blogs have fiercely loyal audiences in a way that big blogs really don't. Um, so that's important. But also that writer, like you don't know, you build that relationship now in a year, two years, they're probably going to be a writer for one of those bigger outlets. Like they're, and you're going to have that relationship. And so as you get to that point in your career, you're going to be able to utilize that connection. And so that's really the power of growing together. Um, just as a side note, but as far as what to actually do, you want to put together your pitch. That's the first thing. Um, I'll send you a link. I have a video out there that has like an actual template because I'm the type of person that really needs to see something like I need to see a template in order. So maybe that'll help um, your listeners. But basically what you want it to be is pretty short and sweet. You know, this is who we are. Here's what we sound like. Um, here's a stream to our song or whatever it is. And then tell them what you want. Don't just be like, we want a feature. Say like, I want an interview. I want a review, whatever it is. And then send them your links, you know, so music, EPK, social media, and that's it. Um, and then just send it off and don't be afraid to follow up in a few days. You know, you can use something. There are a couple different 
tools out there to track your email to see um, like HubSpot is one, Boomerang is another. So you can see if people have opened your email, how many times they clicked the link. Like there's a lot of different um, information you can get from that. And just again, remember how important the relationships are in this stage. So if you haven't done the work of building your relationships, don't be surprised if you don't get back a response. But the other big tip I have for pitching is to just personalize it. So especially with these smaller blogs, you know, take the time to get to know the blog and specifically the writer you're reaching out to. So you can say, you know, Hey, Tiffany, like I loved your piece on, you know, this band and like, it's an instant connection point and it shows them you've done your research and it's just, you're like, you're so much more likely to not only get a response, but build that, that connection, um, which like we talked about can really be valuable down the line as well. So definitely whatever you do, personalize that email. Cool. When is it appropriate for someone to maybe reach out to someone like you to help them out? And how do you make the process easier for them? I think that answer tends to vary for different artists. I mean, first of all, you really do have to have the budget. PR companies really differ in price, but I mean, for like a, a medium size a medium sized company, which is like what Muddy Paw is, you know, we've been around for five years, is usually you can expect anywhere from 800 a month to like 1500 a month. And an album campaign will be three months and single campaigns are usually six or eight weeks. So first of all, you wanna have the budget. Um, if you want like a full blown PR campaign versus one of the smaller options I talked about earlier. And when you're reaching, and you know, you also wanna have something new to release. So if you're working on an album, we typically start campaigns eight weeks ahead of the release date. So that means you want to get in touch with us like three to four months before you're planning to release, not two months after the album is out because it's just very difficult to get press once an album has been out for a long time. There's a little bit more leeway with singles. You know, ideally we do like to do campaigns starting right away, like as soon as the single drops, but you know, there is a little bit more leeway. If your single has been out for a month, there's usually still, you know, some press you can get around it, but, you know, you definitely have to have something new. Like if you're investing that kind of money, you want to have something new to promote. And then you just want to be at the stage of your career where it makes sense for you. Like you have built an engaged social media following. You have the time to commit to a campaign because, you know, I think there's this misconception that you hire a publicist that, and then like they just solve all your problems and you just sit back and do nothing and watch the features come in. But there is quite a lot of work on the artist side. You know, you're writing guest blogs, you're answering interview questions. Like you have to really be there. Um, so you just have to be at the point in your career where you're willing to invest the money and you have something to promote and you have a little bit of an audience willing to receive it. And you're just sort of at that sweet spot where you've built a fan base and you've done a lot on your own, but maybe you're like, you're hitting a wall and you're just not sure what else you can do and you want to hire somebody who knows what they're doing, that's when you would bring on a publicist. Gotcha. Awesome. I love the point about like, that's when you hit a wall and you've done the stuff behind that's, yeah, I talk about that a lot too. And a lot of people will like, for example, like come to their voice lesson as a practice session or like, you know, come to a coaching call and like not have done any practice or any training. And it's like, well, you don't have any questions. Like we're not using <laughs> this time. Like you want me to tell you what to do, like go do the work. Like this is what you do, you know, go try this vocal exercise or whatever. So it sounds um, very similar in that way. Could you take us through maybe what a campaign that you would do 
might look like, like a little bit more in depth, like what type of um, activities you would do and then what type of activities the artist would be expected to do? Yeah, for sure. So the first thing we do when a campaign starts is we send over a Q&A that we have the artist answer. And it's just, you know, it's, it's this whole mix of questions, you know, and some of them are very um, tactile, like what's your release schedule, whatever. But then there are a lot of just questions to get to know the artist specifically, because, you know, as we talked about, a lot of times we'll get artists that come in and if I just sat down and was like, what's your brand? Like, what's your message? They'd say, I have no idea. But when you send these Q and A's, right? Like the same themes tend to come up over and over again, um, which I don't even necessarily know that they realize, but by then reading that back, we can see like, oh, you've mentioned community a lot, or, you know, that's clearly very important to you. And, um, and we can get an idea of their different experiences and accolades and the things that matter to them. And through that, we're able to craft our pitch and figure out what the artist's story is going to be, you know? And sometimes they do come to us and they know exactly what it is. But this usually helps us get a really clear idea and then we can put that into our press releases but i can also put it into all the personalized pitching that we're doing um, to really grab people and the important part of that is that one of the other things that that we do is that in addition to music outlets we'll also try to reach out to outlets that have to do with the band's message so if they are like fierce advocates of like you know the environment and they're like we you know like global warming is a thing like this really matters to us and it's a big part of their brand then we would also reach out to blogs that, you know, that like mentioned that, you know, or we had an artist once that was really into healthy eating. Um, and so we had her submit recipes to different recipe blogs. So that's, a, that's another reason that knowing their story and their brand is so important. So then once we have that down is when we start the process. Usually we'll send out a press release announcing like their signing or the new song or whatever it is but the majority of the actual features that we get come from the personalized pitching that we do, um, which happens, you know, every week we're sending out a certain amount of pitches. It, it depends, you know, depending on the campaign, it could be like 10 pitches a week, 20 pitches a week. Like it, it's just totally dependent, um, but we're sending out those personalized pitches and that's where we're aiming to get things like interviews or set up guest vlogs or, um, just get like a news post of the song on the site, anything that's going to feature the artist and again, tell their story. And that's really what the bulk of the campaign is, is just gaining those features. And so when we do get them, you know, if we get an interview, then we send that to the artist and we're usually asking for their answers back within a couple days. If they're going to do a guest blog, which um, it's kind of tough because I find they're one of the best features because they show the artist's personality, which of course invites more potential fans to come in and get to know them, but it's usually really hard for artists to write about themselves. So like, that's one of the things that again would say, okay, we need this back in a week or however many days, depending on the deadline. So we need that from the artist. Like we need that commitment to, to do those things. And then when something gets posted, this is really important is we always ask our artists to share that coverage to social media and to make sure they're tagging the outlet. And for some reason, this does not happen nearly as much as it should, like where artists are either not sharing it or they're forgetting to tag. But that's a really important step in building relationships. And also, it's just smart because it shows your fans that people care about you and are writing about you. Um, and so that's just sort of, I guess, like a quick overview of what the inside of a campaign looks like and, and what the artists, um, what we expect from the artists throughout the campaign and their involvement. So... These would look like guest blogs, podcast interviews, radio interviews, uh, newspapers. Is that what that looks like? 
Sort of. I mean, we like some out, some um, PR companies will do a mix mix of media. We just do online. So what we're doing is blogs um, and then occasionally podcasts, Spotify playlists. Um, but yeah, certainly some. I mean, depending like in Canada, a lot of the PR companies also do TV and print and all of that. But we just do digital. It just depends on the company. Awesome. Um, what are some maybe red flags as you're searching for a potential PR company, things to look out for? Um, because if you, if you don't know, you don't know, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. There's nothing worse. Oh man, sometimes we'll get artists that have just had the worst experiences with PR companies. And usually when you look into it more, you realize they're not actually PR companies. Um, so, I mean, the best way to find a PR company, I think is really just word of mouth, you know, ask around, find other, don't just, I mean, doing a Google search is a good start, but like, you know, read, read different blogs, for instance, you know, like I do a lot of guest blogs for different industry sites and so do a lot of other PR companies. And it's a really good way to get a feel for that company and their voice and like what they believe in. So that's one way to start. And plus if they're on that site, odds are they're probably reputable. Um, so that's a good place to start. Also just word of mouth. I would say that's your best bet. Like I wouldn't just go into it blind, but certainly some red flags. Like we see a lot of, a lot of these companies that are saying things like, you know, pay us $50 and we'll send your press release to, you know, our 5,000 people, including these top contacts. And it's like, that's not a PR company. That's just like somebody that has like a MailChimp subscription and is charging you $50 to like literally spend less than 10 minutes copying and pasting your press release and getting sent. They're not, they're not actually pitching them. They don't have those relationships. Like it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And so, I mean, you're lucky if it's $50, like we've had artists come to us with that kind of thing and then sent hundreds of dollars, you know? So um, that's always a bad sign. Not being able to find anybody who's worked with the person is usually a bad sign. Um, if the website is terrible, and there's no social media presence, that's a bad sign. Um, you know, just really trust your gut with it. I think a lot of artists usually know pretty quickly if something's a fit or not, but I think then what happens is they get sucked in by the money aspect of like, oh, but I can afford this, or this is cheaper. Um, the reality is that like, even the most, the newest PR companies are not charging under $500 a month. So like it's, you just really, and even that is really low, but if you can find some, like if somebody's really just starting out, they might charge that low. That's, I think I charged like $300 in my first month and then like $500 after, like when I first started the company. Um, but you know, if it's almost too good to be true, right? Like you just have to trust your gut, but really your best bet is word of mouth. Awesome. What is one action step that the listeners can take if they're interested in like getting their feet wet and kind of deciding to go for it. <laughs> like in doing, in doing their own PR or like, someone? like in doing their own PR. Sorry, I'm coming, coming back to the okay. beginning here. It's okay. I mean, the first step I would do is to organize a timeline. So, you know, sit down, figure out what your goal is. You know, if you want to release an album, if you know you want to release an album next May, then sit down and work backwards to put together a timeline. So go, okay, I know I'm releasing in May. I'll have to start a PR campaign in, I can't think backwards. What's two months, whatever two months before May is, March. March. <laughs> so I'll have to start a PR campaign in March, which means I'll have to have built my relationships by, you know, January. Like just keep working backwards and make sure you're thinking about everything from, like getting your bio done, you're getting your photos done, building your relationships, um, getting your album artwork, all of that stuff. 
um, make sure you write that all down and, and by month, you know, so like I know in February I have to do this and it might feel overwhelming at first, but by having that all on paper and structurally knowing like, this is what I have to do in February, this is what I have to do in January. It gives you the freedom to like a move things around if you need to, like maybe then you go, you know what, May's too early. I'm going to have to do it, you know, in the fall instead. Um, but it also makes it so that you can really like sit down every month and go, okay, it's, uh, it's January. Like, what do I need to do? And then you can break it down. You can go, okay, I have these four goals for January and then break those goals into like every week in January, you know what you're focusing on. So um, that's really the first step, I think, to, to making sure that you don't overwhelm yourself, but that you are able to get everything done that you want to. I think that's amazing. And writing the timeline is so great because it sets the expectations for you because when we're in it and we're going through it, we're, there's so many mindset things and it's like, this is taking forever. But if you sit down and you lay out that timeline, not only is it going to help you to develop a strategic plan, but it's going to like get your mind in the right place to be like, this is how long it's going to take. Like I should be comfortable with that, you know? Cause I think it's like people want to throw out their music and be like, Oh, no one's listening to my music. Like, yeah. and then just like get so down on themselves. But really uh, some of the themes that you've been bringing up is like, it's a process. It's going to take some time. Be comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do that even every day, every day I sit down and time block my entire day because it even, it even helps to just like, I mean, we all get distracted, right? Like Sawyer does something. I'm like, I go over to pet my dog and then I forgot what I was supposed to be doing in the first place. And then I can look and go, Oh, it's, you know, it's noon. I'm supposed to be doing this thing. And I like instantly get back to it. So there is really something to be said for, um, the process and just sort of like, I mean, you have to go through it. Like you're not getting away with skipping over it. So you might as well enjoy it and make the most of it and like make it work for you. Awesome. Well, this has been so great. Where can we find you and learn more about you? Yeah. So I have my Muddy Paw PR website is just muddypawpr.com. And then there's also angelamastrogiacomo.com. Um, I've been putting out a lot of different freebies and goodies on there. Um, you know, lots of my blog articles, including, you know, some of the things we've talked about, like the working backwards to set goals, like that's all on there. So you can find me there and you can always email me Angela at muddypawpr.com for all things PR. And, um, and then on Instagram is just at Angela underscore Mastro. And like I said, just like the stories are all just full of dogs and desserts. So if you like those things, we'll be fast friends. And I hope you do too, because like I said, I mean, I need more of that stuff in my feed. Like I'm just filling it all up with the things that make me happy. So more of that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for choosing to hang out with me today. You are amazing for pursuing your dreams and becoming the star singer that you were meant to be. You can join the star singer movement by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or sharing this episode on IG stories. Leaving a rating and sharing this episode helps this podcast get seen by way more singers just like you. And that is creating a massive impact in one of the giant goals of this podcast, which is eliminating fear, anxiety, and non-productive competition from the music industry and helping to create a new music industry for singers based on collaboration, love, and making a difference and a real impact with your music.